Welcome to Pentecost Today podcast, and I am your host, Steve Mancini, and I am the Director of Operations at Pentecost Today USA, and I am joined today, obviously, as always, with my co-host, Alicia Hartle, the Executive Director. Alicia, nice to, uh, I want to say, see you, but you are remote. How are you today? I am doing so well. It's it's good to be here, Steve, and we have been so overjoyed to see all the people who are tuning into this podcast, and so welcome to all of you it's good to be with you again today. We, we want to kick off today with a quote from the Doctrinal Commission on Baptism in the Holy Spirit. We'll be doing this on most episodes, and, and then we'll introduce a very, very special guest. So, so today's quote actually comes from page 17, and it's, it's a discussion unpacking the characteristic features of baptism in the Holy Spirit. And, and it's, it's beautiful. It, it, begins with a quote from one of the 1967 Duquesne Weekend students, and it says, Our faith has come alive. Our believing has become a kind of knowing. Suddenly the world of the supernatural has become more real than the natural. In brief, Jesus Christ is a real person to us, a real person who is our Lord and who is active in our lives, we read the New Testament as though it literally is true now, every word, every line. Prayer and the sacraments have become truly our daily bread instead of practices which we recognize as good for us. So so that that's our quote for today. Pretty pretty amazing quote. And we we want to uh, just open in a prayer and I'll ask Steve maybe if you want to open us in prayer this week. And then we'll introduce to you someone who began his journey at a very young age, but in a, in a big way as a university student. Absolutely. Be, uh, be honored to do that. And again, I invite everyone that's listening to this podcast, you're obviously listening to a recording, but know that God is always live. So please feel free to you know pray along with us, even though this is a recording, because uh, I think that you're never wrong, and it's never a wrong time to give praise to the Lord and to thank the Lord, and to ask the Lord for his wisdom, because God knows that we can always use his help. And if we haven't learned that by now, that might be why a lot of us seem to struggle and make mistakes. So I would invite everyone to pray along in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God, as always, we come to you, and everything we do is an offering to you, Lord. If we do not live our lives as an offer to you, then we live our lives without direction, without purpose, without meaning. You are the ultimate creator. You created us. You created us for a purpose. It is a very simple purpose, and that is to worship you, to praise you, and to thank you. Because beyond this physical being, which is only temporary, and this infinite pool of time that we will spend with you, we must learn to realize sooner rather than later that ultimately we will spend eternity with you. Because if we love you, we will keep your commandments And while that is not always easy, we know that you are always with us. So thank you, God, for all the gifts you bestow upon us. Thank you, God, for all the blessings that you give us. And I pray that everyone listening to this podcast can start to say, I might have a cross on my shoulder, but that God has given me strength. and He's given me blessings to carry that cross and to go through every day, every day of my life, worshiping God and helping others along this path. The path is never easy but it's not meant to be easy. It's the destination that makes the struggle of life worth it. Thank you, God. Thank you for all the things. And as always, I praise your holy name 
And I ask you to continue to bless me and bless everyone listening, and even the people that aren't listening, continue to bless them. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you, Steve. Glory to God in the highest. Amen. Um, <laughs> so. All right. Well, we have a good guest. And you know what, um, Alicia, I did want to kind of mention that, you know, I would be remiss to not give a, a thank you to Joe Hale. You know, Joe has been our mm. engineer, and I've worked with Joe for a long time now on some other shows that I do. And uh, I think a lot of people think that we just sit down, jump on a microphone, and, and just start talking. And in some ways that's true, but there's a lot of work that goes on behind this. And uh, Joe may not believe this, but I do thank God that I've met Joe because my other shows and this show wouldn't be where they're at without having somebody behind us to help us get through this. There's a lot of technical challenges, and uh, at some point we're going to be pushing out videos, and uh, you know this is going to be this is going to be wonderful. And it's it's about using technology for the right purposes. Too many times we look at technology as this evil bad thing, and unfortunately a lot of bad people use technology. But in this case, we're going to use these podcasts, and we're going to do all this for the glory of the Lord, and we thank those that are behind the scenes making this happen. So thank you, Joe. And again, as always, thank Robert Morris University. And with that, I do want to um, start off by introducing our guest because we've talked enough and it's time to give him a chance to talk. And it's Eric Pintar, who is a seminarian here in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. And Eric sent us a little bio, and I, if I may, I'd like to read a few things that struck me as kind of uh, a fun. Um, so Hold on the religious aspect, the non-and-no. We're going to talk about that because Mm -hmm. that is the crutch of the show. You know, you were a software engineer, you worked at Google, and you came from CMU. Not exactly the traditional path for seminarians, but we're going to talk all about that. But Eric, again, I want to welcome you and and welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Good to be here. All right. Um, Let's kind of start a little bit, as we like to do with all of our guests, is just kind of introduce yourself to a lot of folks that are listening. And, And again, we've got people listening from all over the world. So if you think that you're not meant to be here for a purpose, your story that we know about, that you're going to share here in a little bit, is inspiring a lot of people. It is changing somebody. You're, you're now a stone in the, in the lake that's going to send a ripple effect. So again, appreciate you being here. But let's talk about you, who you are, and where you come from, and, and how you were raised. Sure. So I grew up in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, which is near Milwaukee. And I'm the youngest of three siblings. And my parents... Uh, I was raised in a, a non-denominational evangelical Christian household. What, something significant from my childhood is I was born with severe to profound hearing loss. And my mom and dad both really prayed for me that I would be able to get a job one day because they knew that a lot of people with disabilities aren't able to um, support themselves. And they didn't know what was going to happen a lot. They'd never had a child with a disability. And so my mom's prayer and their, their dedication verse for my life was from John chapter 10, where Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and they know my voice, and they follow me. And so that, that was a significant... And she picked that verse before she found out about my hearing loss, which I think was already sort of a... You know, the Holy Spirit was working through that prayer. Which is funny because, you know, you said a non-denominational upbringing. Yeah. And there are a lot of reasons that there are divisions within the Christian community, okay? We, we mm-hmm. don't need to relive history. But um, one thing that, that, that is, unites us is this belief that God has sent his spirit to, mm-hmm. to be in our lives. Before we get into the whole baptism by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. I do want to ask you, because if you brought a non-denominational 
there are obviously people that convert to the Catholic faith. When did you start feeling that calling? To the Catholic faith? Yeah. Yeah, it was, so I guess I was exposed to it because all my grandparents were Catholic. Um, and so my parents became evangelical Protestants in, in high school and college. And so I was exposed to Mass sometimes going with my grandparents. But it really became a calling when my sister became Catholic. And this was through St. Paul's outreach at the University of Minnesota, the Twin Cities, which I would later find out really came through the charismatic renewal. So the charismatic renewal is even a part of my sister's conversion, which led to me really considering the church for the first time. And somebody who knows a lot about the charismatic renewal is Alicia. Alicia, I'd like to, I know you're remote, so we're going to have to do this kind of in a fun way where I'm just going to say, your turn, so your turn, Alicia. <laughs> well, okay, so so here is where I I met Eric actually when he was, were you were you a university student at the time? I had just graduated. Coursework. Yeah. You had just graduated. Okay. So we met years ago and Eric, it's just so incredible to see the prayer of your parents, the scripture that they were praying even before you were born, and to see how that has been fulfilled. When I met Eric, um, not only was he a leader on campus at Carnegie Mellon, but he he just built community on his own. So his his home was an open place for fellow students, friends from church to come and to have dinner and fellowship. And already he was um, really in a, a place of uh, fulfilling a, a fatherly role, very much so in the lives of even fellow students. So Eric, it's just amazing to hear your parents' prayer and the fulfillment of that prayer and, and uh, just to have seen that and witnessed that. But it, it would be great to hear from you uh, a little bit more about how you really kind of came into the experience of baptism in the Holy Spirit. How did that take place for you? Yeah, so a lot of it, a lot of my exposure to the Catholic Charismatic Renewal kind of came from two two ways. Uh, one was meeting Alicia through actually uh, one a friend of mine who was also considering converting to the Catholic Church. She, her brother worked with Alicia, and so we we got connected. I found out about a prayer group at the St. Paul Cathedral in Pittsburgh, and so that was my first exposure. And then the second connection was with, actually on Pentecost in 2017, I decided to go to a Pentecost vigil, and I wasn't yet Catholic, so I couldn't receive communion. I was still learning a lot. I remember a moment we we went up to light a candle, and we didn't even know how you're supposed to do that. So thankfully, we had another... Just put your money in the box. That's <laughs> yeah. how you do it. <laughs> so we were, we were like, how do we put these out now? You know, And uh, it's like, oh, there's sand over here. Okay. So we were still very new. We didn't know much. Uh, but that night, there were uh, me and four friends who I was, mm-hmm. I was just getting to know some of them, but I knew them all from different places. And that night, there was just a bond forged among these friends. And years later, you know, we thought of the beginning of Acts chapter 2. They were all together in one place. And some of those friends I would do ministry at the prayer group with, and that's where I first encountered baptism in the Holy Spirit. But so many Catholics haven't heard of it. And that's why we're trying to do the podcast. That's why you have these groups. That's why I'm trying to bring people in and say, this is, this is what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And, and let me ask you, though, so you, 
but it was kind of chance that you found out about that. Now, now that you're engaged in that, is this kind of one of these things where you said, what was there all along? I just didn't see it. Or do you still think we're not putting the word out well enough? Yeah, I think for me, I found out about it through personal invitation. So I think most things really spread by personal invitation. Uh, you, you know, you can put in the bulletin, church bulletin and all that and different social media. And But I think great things spread by personal invitation since the beginning of the church. Well, that's funny because you know what? There are, there are a lot of things that get put into the bulletin and people just gloss over. Uh, okay, another prayer group, another Bible study, got it. But they don't, they don't know what it is. But this is like changing lives. I, I've said it. I'm, I'm not there yet, but my life has already changed. I already see mm. the difference. But like, Alicia, I'm going to go back to you. Um, you know, you, you've lived your whole life. I mean, you know what this is like. So, you know, you're, your turn to ask a question. But, uh, but I think we all kind of agree that this is, this is life-altering, but it's nothing new. It's like we're rediscovering something that was there the whole time for whatever reason was forgotten for hundreds if not thousands of years, and we kind of rediscovered it. Alicia, your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think I think there is it's it is fascinating to see in the younger generations, even here in Pittsburgh. Sometimes people have never heard of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. You know, they'll ask me, "Hey, Alicia, what do you do for a living?" You know, that we're just meeting, and I'll say, "Oh, I serve the Catholic Charismatic Renewal," and and they say, "Well." I'm Catholic, but I've I've never heard of that before, you know, and I'm thinking specifically of a young mother who I met in the airport um, last year, and and she was so open. She was ex- so excited to learn more. She was, she said, you know, I, I've been working in sales as a technical engineer and looking for a change. Is your organization hiring by chance? And mm-hmm. I thought, wow, not only is she open to learning more, she, <laughs> <laughs> she suddenly, within five minutes, wants to come into this mission. So, Glory to God. So there's, I think, among younger generations, there's an extraordinary openness. There's an extraordinary hunger and thirst. Mm. But Steve, to your point, the word has not gone out. And and Eric, um, I saw this just over the years. So Eric was actually a core team member in the prayer group. And I just saw you inviting friends, kind of sharing that invitation in such a personal way, walking with people. Um, but it would be great to hear just about, you shared about the, the Pentecost vigil, mm-hmm. uh, which was glorious. Uh, but even beyond that, what does the, that journey look like for you? Because at this point you're sharing, that was your first exposure to to the renewal, to kind of the grace of baptism in the Holy Spirit. But but also to kind of entering into the Catholic Church, lighting a ma- lighting a candle and experiencing the Mass. Yeah. So, so even in that even that night, I remember thinking it was just a few months earlier. I decided to become Catholic, and that was largely due to the Eucharist and Apostolic Succession. Those two things really mm-hmm. drew me, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that night we were in Eucharistic adoration for three hours after the Pentecost vigil. And they started playing these worship songs from my childhood. And it was actually in such a way that it almost progressed through my whole spiritual past. They were playing songs from significant parts of my life, which I believe was an act of the Holy Spirit. And one, one of my biggest fears becoming Catholic was that I would lose everything that I love or a lot of things that I loved, which I feared losing a lot of my friends in the church, 
was probably you know that was my main community and then i i feared giving up this sort of prayer of praise and worship music and people really feeling free to embrace all the spiritual gifts and use like imitate the book of acts and i've saw the catholic church as kind of stagnant or dead and i was worried that i was just going to have to endure this church for the rest of my life even though it was the true church <laughs> so i was pleasantly i was shocked and just so overjoyed uh, and that night at pentecost vigil i really experienced the truth i felt like god was saying everything good is here everything that's good can be found in my catholic church i kind of want to pivot that you know you're a seminarian mm-hmm. are you seeing any of the influence of the charismatic movement in your training to become a priest Definitely. I see a lot of a lot of upcoming seminarians who I meet and are really on fire. I'll ask them a little bit about their past, and a lot of them have connections to the charismatic renewal, or someone who is influential for them was from the renewal. So like, you know, like St. Paul's Outreach I mentioned, Focus, a lot of these initiatives happening in the church, there's people with connections to the renewal, even if they might not publicly you know, explicitly say that. It could be a second or third effect. Yeah. I met someone who met someone who was part of the renewal, yeah. and the next thing you know, you... And that's what I'm saying. It's a stone in the in the lake. You're, mm-hmm. you're a stone in the lake. You're going to influence people. You've already done it. You may not you may not see the fruits of your labor now, mm-hmm. but you don't know 5, 10, 20 years that seed that you planted isn't going to have an effect. And I think that's why you still have to talk to people and engage with people. You think, oh, yeah, later, whatever, whatever. You don't know what they're going to think when they go home, and I, I think that's important. That's why it's, it's good to hear that there are almost quantifiable effects to the charismatic movement. There is an upcoming you know, youth, to your point, that's coming in there going, you know what, I don't want to just go through the motions because my mom said somebody in the family had to be a priest. You want your priest to want to be there. And if they have this, you know, they're baptized in the Holy Spirit and they're on fire and they're ready to go, that's the person that's going to stand on the pulpit and people are going to go, I want to follow them. Now, with that being said, let me ask you, in your opinion, what does baptism in the Holy Spirit mean? Yeah, so to me, I I always go back to that metaphor they often use in Life in the Spirit of the chocolate at the bottom of the milk glass and baptism. I do like spirit. chocolate at the bottom I, of the milk I glass. I do, I, and I love chocolate milk. My friends would laugh at this, but uh, just that stirring up of the graces that are already there. And I know for me, it all kind of blended together with, in the same year, I decided to become Catholic. I discovered the charismatic renewal. I heard a calling to the priesthood, and then I was confirmed, all within the same year in 2017. And so there's a lot of grace flooding in that year. But what I found with the charismatic renewal was just these deep friendships. And I think that's what we see in Acts, is that they know them by their love for each other. And for all the fears I had of losing friendships, uh, you know, leaving my old church, I discovered an abundance of these deeper friendships than I ever knew possible. How was that received, by the way? Alicia, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give you the mic in a second. I just, I'm curious about one thing: is how was it received when you said, "Hey, listen, I'm going to go join those crazy Catholics." Yes. So I, I was, <laughs> I was sort of slow about it. I really wanted to tell as many people as I could one on one and give them a chance to ask questions. Why? And, Why? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I met with a lot of people one on one over a couple months and was pretty secretive about it. 
and even my housemates didn't know I was going to mass like after the other service on Sundays for a while. But I it's almost like you're living in the Roman times. Listen, <laughs> I'm going to sneak out at night and go to church yeah, in the exactly. catacombs. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually I wrote a blog post, which collected my whole journey into one thing that people can read. And and I shared that, and a lot of people. I have a friend. It's one of the. Just I'm very humbled by it. But he said that he. He was already on the journey, but he decided to become Catholic when he was reading that post, wow. which just Again, really floored me. So wonderful influence. It was. I felt God wanted to use this to start the conversation with a lot of people, and I was grateful for their receptivity to it. And that's when I started. Every Saturday night, I would have my house was open for dinner, and I, and a part of it was I wanted to keep those friendships. And so I had new Catholic friends, old Protestant friends. We all gathered for dinner every Saturday. And out of that, so many things emerged. Uh, some of the best friends of my life. That's fantastic. Alicia? Yeah, so I I had the, the opportunity just to witness that and, Eric, to see you really pouring into friends who became like family and to really see there were a number of friends who journeyed with you into into the church, into full communion in the Catholic Church. And it was just extraordinary to see how you shared your journey along the way. But it would be great to hear a little bit more from you regarding how now, kind of looking back, it hasn't been that long. It's been about seven years since that, that year of grace. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but now, especially as a seminarian, how are you seeing the Lord continuing to take you deeper into relationship with the Holy Spirit? Definitely. I Just more and more, I, I think every Catholic is called to a spirituality of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it, it sounds so basic, but I really think uh, there's a Protestant author who has a book called The Forgotten God, or, you know, he sort of talks about we forget about the Holy Spirit and the Trinity, uh, and for me, and especially in seminary, I've seen that, you know, the formation faculty in the seminary has one curriculum, but there's almost a greater curriculum of the Holy Spirit. And I think about that all the time. I've been meditating on God's providence a lot mm-hmm. and just taking up those promptings of the Holy Spirit each and every day. Those are kind of all spiritualities that I've you know, really rely on the Holy Spirit every day, like praying, come Holy Spirit, when I'm starting a holy hour, or just uh, that moment of silence, allowing the Spirit to enter in and take over. Now, I do want to ask kind of, this is one thing, I hear a lot of, especially ordained, you know, priests, deacons, nuns, when they say, I felt a calling, if I'm listening and I say, how do, how do I know I wasn't called and didn't miss it? I'm not saying I was called to be a priest. Believe me, I, was, I probably wasn't. I went to Catholic school and I think God was like, eh, why don't you go on vacation for a while? We'll, we'll be all right. You can just go over there and wait for us. Um, but at the same time, though, I think, I think we are called for things, for something. You know, you, you talk about the Acts of the Apostles and they talk about we all have different gifts. We don't know what that gift is. We have to kind of discern. I, th- I think that's part of our discernment in life. What is what is this gift that I'm supposed to, to that I think I, I have, or maybe I don't know I have it, and then how do I use it? That's my discernment. How do, how do I do whatever it is I'm supposed to do based on whatever gift I was given? I got, we weren't all given 
you know, the gift of healing. We weren't all given the gift of prophecy. We weren't all given the gift of tongues. We were not all called to be priests. We were not all called to be deacons, et cetera, et cetera. How, how do you know, like, how did you, what, what was it then you that said, that's God's calling? Mm-hmm. That, that, and then you said, I'm going to go be a priest because this is God's calling. What was the, I don't want to say the aha moment, but what was the, when you knew this was the right thing and this was actually God speaking to me? Yeah, so there's kind of a couple moments, but when I think about them, what they all have in common is Mary was involved in some way. And I remember learning that Mary is called the spouse of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's so profound to meditate on that. I remember one moment I was praying the fifth glorious uh, mystery of the crowning of Mary as queen of heaven and earth. And I was I was in adoration. So there, you know, you have these very Catholic elements, but I was just overcome with weakness, and I thought I, I was already feeling called to the priesthood, but I thought that I was, you know, because of things in my past or different weaknesses, I shouldn't be a priest. And in that fifth glorious mystery, I just felt Our Lady saying, you know, sort of this feminine presence just speaking in, into my life, you don't get to determine what's possible. God determines mm-hmm. what's possible with your life. Interesting. And mm-hmm. I, I often meditate on the moment at the cross where Jesus says, you know, son, behold your mother. And how at the cross there's this beautiful exchange that, that happened in Jesus gave us Mary as our mother and the church, you know, so many graces were flowing forth at that moment. Uh, but just how Our Lady, really, she she wants us all to fulfill God's plan, and she wants to bring the Holy Spirit into our lives so that we can hear God's voice. And it was also a fulfillment of my mom's prayer that I I felt that spiritual gift very often, the gift of hearing and knowing God's voice and discernment words received in prayer, and also praying for other people. And so I, I, f- I feel like that's how he spoke to me about priesthood, was very specific words at different moments. It's awesome to hear the word that was prayed for you before you were born, and then to hear the fulfillment of that word again and again. Mm-hmm. But in particular with your vocation, what a profound call going back to the days when the Lord was knitting you together in your mother's womb. Mm-hmm. You know, just extraordinary the lord the way the lord writes the stories of our lives it's it's poetry there's so much depth um eric we we are so humbled by your witness by your testimony i every time i spend time with eric or see him he inspires me his love for the lord is radical he is so holy, so set apart for the Lord. And so, Eric, I just, even on a personal note, I'm excited for people throughout the nation, some from around the world who are tuning in, to be able to hear your testimony and to be able to get to know you. Eric, we are we are gearing up for Jesus 2023, and you are, again, just pouring out in such a beautiful way and leading praise and worship through sign language. Mm-hmm. And so... So if there's anything you want to say to those who are listening, we'll be about a week out from Jesus 2023 when this airs. So anything that you want to say to those who might be considering coming to Jesus 2023 
or simply about the experience of of signing praise and worship. Yeah, I really, it's been such a blessing to uh, be invited to uh, sign at Jesus 2023. And I just encourage if you're on the fence to really dive in and be a part of this amazing, you know, weekend. And uh, the way I think of these conferences is like we all have this flame burning inside of us of the Holy Spirit, but when everyone gets together, it's like a bonfire. Like we all get lit up and we, we get sent forth and it's just reinvigorating. And I'm, for me, sign language, being born with uh, hearing loss, you know, is a weakness. And But as St. Paul says, you know, God's grace is made perfect in weakness. And that, that was a part of my experience was seeing this weakness and God bringing good out of it. And one of that, one of those ways has been sign language and worship music. And God is, that was something I tried to repress for a long time. I was kind of embarrassed to do sign language with phrase music. But then when I started, it was almost like just this form of, I don't want to say speaking in tongues because that's a different category, but it was just the my hands would flow and I didn't know where the signs were coming from. And it's just a beautiful physical and spiritual way to worship God. And I'm grateful to be able to share that at the conference uh, and in other ways like YouTube videos and just to encourage people that this is a beautiful language and this too, can everything can be used to praise God, everything in us. And for our listeners, again, if you want to learn more information about the upcoming conferences, including Jesus 2023, please go out to our website, PentecostTodayUSA.org. Again, that's PentecostTodayUSA.org. Please go out to the website, check it out. Eric, we're not done with it yet. Um, I got a fun question for you because, like I said, I was going to get back to this. You were a software engineer, and Mm -hmm. my master's is in software engineering. Do you ever miss programming? Uh, I do a little bit. Yeah, it's nice to be able to. Because we've got a website (laughs) called (laughs) PentecostTodayUSA.org. You're welcome, Alicia. I had a feeling that was coming. I I know. I was kind of waiting for that. We've got a few things we could talk about. But um, again, first of all, I do want to thank you sincerely for being here. I joined the Pentecost movement not too long ago, and it wasn't through some massive revelation. It It was actually an Ark and a Dove event last year it was again it was a weird path i'll explain Mm -hmm. it to you offline but it was like i ended up going to this conference going hey wait a minute these people are either weird or they're (laughs) right i still think it's a little both but um at the same time i say that kind of in 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 an awesome way because you're also and i'm and i'm on the path i do believe that in my heart but you're also alive with something and it's like anybody listening it's there for you you literally just have to open up and accept it. And, and believe it or not, I understand that is not always easy to do. Surrendering a lifetime of stubbornness and bad habits and, and just pain and grief and going, okay, God, I'm going to surrender and I'm going to be the happiest person in the world. That can happen overnight, but it almost takes it divine, right, it takes divine intervention. It, it is the work of the Lord. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. You have to let him work in your life, and he may do it overnight. He may not do it overnight, but you have to wake up every day and surrender it, and that's going to lead it, to change. Go ahead, Alicia. It is. I think, Steve, you know, regardless of where we are in the journey, whether we've just come into life in the Spirit or we've been living life in the Spirit for decades, it is always 
surrender and it's always yep. more surrender. Absolutely. <laughs> Every you, day. <laughs> Every day. It's not a one and done thing. And a lot no, of people think it is no. a one and done. That's right. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, it is beautiful, though, just that the Holy Spirit, that's part of the grace of the Holy Spirit is helper captivating us, intriguing us, and awakening desire in us to surrender. So so we just we'll leave you all with that word of encouragement. And we want to ask Eric to close this out with a prayer. Sure. Um if you would if you would pray for all who are listening on that note of surrender, just just for that grace to be made manifest to to all who are with us now. We pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord God, we ask you to pour out your graces upon all those listening to this podcast. For all those watching, we just ask you to loosen whatever needs to be loosed, to break the seals of whatever needs to be broken that hinders them from seeing you, uh, from receiving you. And I I just ask that you would show up in a new way in their lives. Lord, in the Psalms, you call us to sing a new song. And I ask for those listening, I just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to them that the song that only they can sing, that the Holy Spirit would make that manifest in their life and that they would be given the courage and the fortitude to bring that song to life and that we could all enjoy it forever in heaven and praise God for that song. Uh, So thank you for all the songs which have influenced our lives, and in gratitude, uh, let us become songs for others and for the glory of God. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Fantastic. All right, again, we want to thank everyone for joining us today. Eric, if anybody wants to reach out and get a hold of you and talk about it, is is there a way they can reach out and get a hold of you? Uh, for sh- definitely. Uh, the diocese email, epintar, P-I-N-T-A-R, at diopit.org. That's D-I-O-P-I-T-T dot org. Awesome. And again, thank you all to our listeners. Alicia, thank you for being on the line. I know you're trying to get here, and uh, I do appreciate that. And again, if you want more information about anything that we've talked about, about the organization, if you want to catch up on uh, old podcasts, please check us out at PentecostTodayUSA.org. And also, the podcast is streaming on all of the major streaming services, iHeart, iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, Podbean, you name it, we're out there. We hope you enjoy it, but more importantly, we hope that this brings you closer to the Lord. If it's not doing that, then we're not doing our jobs, and we want to thank you again for listening.